Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, and um, hope you are off to a good week this week. Um, right here in the middle of Lent, we uh, week three of Lent, and we uh, are going through these devotional readings, and today's readings will take us to Jeremiah. Uh, over to Romans and to John, Jeremiah 7, Romans 4, and John chapter 7. Uh, the theme for this verse, as you remember from yesterday, is the theme for this week, I should say, the theme verse for this week is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. From 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, right? God was reconciling the world to himself. And isn't it good to know that God is a reconciling God? Pretty awesome. Um, and so the general theme for the week is reconciliation. Kind of uh, the overarching theme as we as we read through these different portions of the Old Testament, the epistles, and the gospels. The the theme for this week of the third week of Lent is reconciliation. Yeah. All right, you guys. Glad to have you guys on. We're gonna get jump into it, y'all. Uh, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world, and so uh, we're gonna jump over to Jeremiah chapter seven, beginning at verse twenty-one. Jeremiah seven twenty-one through thirty-four. You know how it is. We don't have any. Um, it's unscripted, no agenda. We just read and kind of consider the words of the Lord to us today. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Etta. Great to have you guys on. Here we go. Seven, Jeremiah 7, beginning at verse 21. Uh, remember, the context here is Jeremiah was just talking about, uh, we, we talked about it yesterday, you know, the people of Israel were treating um, the temple like a, like a rabbit's foot. Right? Like, we got the temple, so we don't have to worry, you know, we don't, it doesn't matter how we live, it doesn't ha- matter how we treat people. Doesn't matter about our personal relationship with God. We got the temple, so it's like a rabbit's foot. We got this instead of having a rabbit's foot hanging around our our rearview mirror, we got the temple in the middle of the city, so we're covered. And 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 where the Lord comes comes forth pretty no 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 don't don't it's not how it works. Uh, that's dead worthless religion. So we're continuing that conversation in uh, verse twenty one of same chapter chapter seven Jeremiah. This is what the Lord Almighty says, the Lord of Israel. Go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves. (laughs) Whoa. God's like, say, hey, save your your offerings, y'all. Save your sacrifices. Just eat eat that junk yourself is what he's saying. Um, You know, instead of offering these sacrifices to the Lord of the temple, he's like, just save it, man. Save it. Make yourself 
make yourself some dinner because I, I don't want it. Verse 22. For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them this command. Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. God's never been about just meaningless offerings. That's that's the the the, uh, the offerings were should have been have always intended to be representative of one's relationship with God, not as a substitute for a relationship. Hmm. Right. The the uh, the offerings, the sacrifice, the entire Old Testament temple structure was never intended to be a substitute or synonymous, for that matter, with a relationship with God. They were to um, foster, encourage, facilitate um, the worship of God. But it wasn't strictly the worship of God. That's a heart matter. So here he's saying, look, I've always, my, my commands in the, old, in, in the Old Testament were never just to do a bunch of empty religious rules and regulations, but to obey the Lord, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Relationship. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. Hmm. It's good to remember, man. That's why God wants us to obey him. He tells us in that, and that, that verse kind of, those two things are really important together, right? Walk in obedience to all I command you. Why? That it may go well with you. God wants it to go well with us. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Anybody else want it to go well with them? I want it to go well with me. Yeah. God wants it to go well with us too. And since God knows us and knows the world uh, better than anyone else, because he's God, he's like, uh, then obey me because I know what's best. Hmm. Just like, you know, kids with their parents, right? Little kids, like, um, I don't understand why we have to do this. I know you don't understand why we have to do this. Um, I understand. I understand that you don't understand. And you really don't have the bandwidth yet to totally understand it. But this is what we're going to do. So you just have to trust me. That's what God says to us. Like, God, I don't understand why I should do this, but I really want to do this. But I, no, just trust me. Just do, do what I, just what I'm telling you. Because you got to trust that I want it to go. I, I desire that it go well with you. That's what the Lord is saying to us. I, he desires that it go well with us. And so in order for that to happen, uh, at those points where we don't understand, we've just got to trust. Verse 24, but they did not listen. Mm, like every child, we do the same thing. We do the same thing. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubbornness and inclinations of their own evil hearts. <laughs> uh, I always chuckle at that, right? Because it looks like Sunday morning. We talked a little bit about Sunday morning about our, you know, our hearts are dece are, are, are um, deceitful in all their ways. Mm. And here he's talking about our little hearts again, right? So they didn't listen to me. They didn't trust me. They didn't do what I said to do. Instead, they went in the into the stubborn, or follow the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. Mm. You know, uh, that's part of what God does in us. That's the part of the sanctification process in us, is God slowly, and sometimes it takes a long time, slowly changes the stubborn inclinations of our heart 
that are leaning towards selfish desires and sinful desires. And through sanctification, the work of the Holy Spirit in us, he changes those stubborn, selfish desires into godly, uh, holistic, and healthy, and holy desires. That's a miracle. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a miracle when that, cha- when that happened, when that transformation happens, when you find yourself desiring um, godly things. Whoa, that's no small thing, man. That is no small thing to see the transformation of the human heart from loving and wanting only selfish, uh, sinful, worldly things to desiring godly and good things. That's what God does in our hearts. He changes those stubborn inclinations over time. Uh, They went backward and not forward. From the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you servants, the prophets, but they did not listen to me. Or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their ancestors. Man. God's like, I try, I keep trying to tell you. I keep trying to tell you what to do. I love you. I want what's best for you. I want it to go well with you. I know better than you what will cause it to go well with you. But you just can keep on doing your own thing. I sent prophets, I sent servants of the Lord prophets to tell you, to point you back to the right path. He says, but uh, is J- Jeremiah is speaking to the people, like, but you're stiff-necked. <laughs> you're stiff-necked. That was stiff. You can't see this on the podcast, but just imagine, you know, your neck erect and stiff and turning from your shoulders instead of your, your head turning. Stiff-necked. Oh, no, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna stubborn, obstinate. Verse 27. When you tell them all this, they will not listen to you. Poor Jeremiah. Just gotta tell you, Jeremiah, you're gonna preach it, man. You're gonna preach what I'm telling you right here. They still ain't gonna listen to you. When you call to them, they will not answer. Therefore, says the Lord, this is the this this is the nation that has not obeyed the Lord, it's God, or responded to correction. Truth has perished. Wow. It has vanished from their lips. Wow. And I, I must say, don't we, uh, don't we look around sometimes in culture today and bemoan the reality that uh, and truth has perished? Wow. That could be said about our culture today. Truth has perished. Um, you know, everybody, everybody wants truth in their own uh, image. <laughs> right? They want truth in their own image. Um, you know, if the truth doesn't come from their source, and, and well, let's say it this way. What if they decide if they like the source or not, and that determines whether it's true or not. And and that's dangerous, guys. Uh in, unless you're talking about the word of God as the source of truth, it's dangerous to say, well, because you know, CNN said it, it must be true, or because Fox News said it, it must be true, or because uh Newsbreak said it, it must be true. Uh, whatever, pick, you know, insert whatever it is. Like, um, and so we have to say, man, sometimes, sometimes it's a, it's a, it's just shame uh, that truth has perished. Verse 29, cut off your hair and throw it away. Take up a lament on the barren heights for the Lord has rejected and abandoned this generation that is under his wrath. 
because of just continual den- denial and um, disregard for his will and his purpose. So they have uh, become subjects of his wrath, which we've talked about many times. That that I mean, that is essentially what being subject to God's wrath is, is when you go and do your own thing, and God allows you to do so. And when you do that, that you're under the wrath of God because not doing, uh, not following the ways of the Lord will inevitably end in train wreck and disaster and hurt. The wrath of God is revealed in this, right? That he, uh, he let people pursue their own sinful desires. And here, even in uh, Jeremiah's words, we're seeing it happen. All right, a couple more verses in Jeremiah, then we'll jump over to Romans. The people of Judah have not have done, I'm sorry, the people of Judah have done evil in my eyes, declares the Lord. They have set up their detestable idols in the house that bears my name and have defiled it. They have built the high places of Topheth in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, something I did not command, nor did it ever enter my mind. Yeah, they were, they were, there were areas in Israel at this time where they were literally um, partaking, <clears throat> excuse me, partaking in human sacrifice. Detestable. God says, I never commanded such a thing, nor did it ever enter my mind. So be aware, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer call it Topheth or the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter. For they will bury the dead in Topheth until there is no more room. Then the carcasses of this people will become food for the birds and the wild animals, and there will be no one to frighten them away. I will bring an end to the sounds of the joy and gladness and to the voices of the bride and the bridegroom in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, for the land will become desolate. Wow. Just widespread evil, even to the point of disregard for human life. Hmm. I wonder if that's a problem today. <laughs> I wonder if there's a problem today of disregard of human life. Yeah. Not only, not only unborn life, Right, not only the, uh, the 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 issue of abortion, disregard for human life, uh, which is obviously horrific, and um, you know, abortion, friends, by the way, is not. It is a political issue, but that's not why we, as children of God, uh, are against abortion. Uh, not because of it's not because of the politics. It never should be for the believer. It should never be first and foremost about the politics. It should be about the Word of God. And so sanctity, sanctity of life is a fundamental biblical issue. And, um, and any, any devaluing of human life, unborn or living, by the way, is, uh, it stands in contrast to the will and purpose of God. Um, we, we always stand on the side of life, all of life. Um, unborn, born, young, middle-aged, elderly, disabled. Um, we, we, we stand on the side of life. So if that's for you as a political issue, you've probably got your wires crossed. <laughs> if that, if that, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, you, then you don't agree with God's word. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> you don't agree with it. I don't agree with you, Terry. I don't agree with your, I don't agree with your politics at that, uh, at that point. Well, it's not my politics. It's my faith in Jesus is what it is. Uh, so what? I mean, that's fine. You don't agree with my faith in Jesus. That's fine, but it has nothing to do with politics. Politics are related to the laws and rules of the land that are made regarding, based on some of those things. 
Um, but it has nothing to do with politics. Just like care and concern for the poor. Oh, I don't like your politics, said that Terry. I don't care about. I don't like. I mean, it's not a politics. Um, God makes it very clear that you know, uh, don't neglect the poor, or the orphan, or the widow. Yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> well, I don't care. I don't agree with that politics. You're a little, a little too conservative there, buddy. You're a little too liberal. You're a little too liberal there, buddy. Well, I don't care. So is Jesus. So it's Jesus. I'm not saying I'm Jesus. I don't get what I'm saying. Don't, get, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying, I feel like if you're offending people on both sides, you're probably doing it right. <laughs> if you're offending people on both sides, both liberals and conservatives, you're probably doing it right. Just saying. Um, there's something on this microphone. It's like, man, what was that is right there? I don't know. All right, let's jump over. Let's jump over to Romans. Romans chapter 4. Romans 4, 13 through 25. Let's go. Romans 4, uh, what did I say? 13 through 25. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Who's this faith? For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Why? Because you don't know. There's no law. There's no lawlessness, because no one knows. <laughs> Verse 16, therefore, the promise comes by faith. The promise of God. What? The promise that God made to Abraham, that he would be the father of many nations. That promise came to fruition through faith, not through the law wasn't the law that made that promise. The promise was given to Abraham before the law even existed. What moved Abraham towards that promise was his faith, his obedience. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it is by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all, both Jew and Gentile. Remember, uh, that's going to be Paul's point here is that, um, strictly speaking, Abraham was a Gentile. Because what? There was no Israel before Abraham. <laughs> there was no Israel before Abraham. So strictly speaking, everyone was a Gentile, and God chose Abraham sovereignly. And he's the father of us all, Jew and Gentile alike. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead, yes, and calls into being things that were not. Man, God might, you might need to hear that, that today. God can call into your life things that are not. He can call into being things that are not. A job you need, an opportunity you need, a healing you need, and a uh, some relief you need, joy you need. He can call it into existence. He can call that which is not and make it happen. Yes, sir. Um, verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Come on, somebody today might need to be encouraged by the story of Abraham, y'all. Come on, somebody needs to be encouraged by the story of Abraham today. <laughs> Abraham, who was beyond all hope, right? In hope, 
against all hope, against all odds. In hope, he believed. And he became the father of many nations, just as it has been said to him, so your offspring shall be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He was old, man. He was old. Come on. Wake up in the morning sometimes, you're like, oh, I'm good as dead, y'all. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody woke up this morning and said, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm good as dead. I'm hurting. <laughs> Come on, right? That, Abraham woke up every morning like that. He's like, man, his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, you know, 100 years was 100 years back then, too. He was 100 years old. And that Sarah and Sarah, she was much better. Her, her womb was also dead. Abraham was dead. Sarah was dead. Good as dead. But against all of that, against the circumstances, they had hope in God. Yes, sir. Um, yet he did not waver. Come on, somebody's got to not waver. Yeah. Maybe God's speaking to somebody today. You just got to stop wavering. You got to trust God, period. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to close that meeting with yourself. That keeps going back and forth, wavering, wavering between two opinions. And you just got to say, nope, uh -uh, I'm not wavering. That's done. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Hmm. God, has a pro God has the power to do what he promises, y'all. Yes, yes, he does. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but for also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Yeah. Yes. Praise God. That's what we believe. When your heart's wavering, then no, no, no. So you've got to remind your heart what you believe. I believe. God raised Jesus from the dead, and he was turned over for our sins, but was raised for our justification. So I have new life in him. I'm not the same old person. All right, let's check out John chapter 7. Let's finish it up, y'all. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 52. Let's go. On the last day and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. We talked about this yesterday. Man. Living water flowing from within you. Man, aren't you glad, child of God? Brothers and sisters, yeah, man. That the living water of God flows through us. Flows, flows from within us. By this he meant the Spirit in case there was any confusion, <laughs> he's talking about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him would work later to receive. Those who later would believe in him. Who's that? That's us, y'all. That's me and you. That's us. That's the children of God today and any time after the day of Pentecost. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost got poured out on the church and those streams of living water that Jesus promised would be a reality for the child of God sat on each one of them as if tongues of fire, and it 
flowed out of them living water and transformed the world and still is today. And that living water is in you, man. It's in you, my friend. To flow out, not only to refresh your spirit in your life, but to flow out into your community and refresh others. On hearing these words, some of the people said, surely this man is a prophet or is the prophet. Others said, he is the Messiah. Still others asked, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? <laughs> That's the intellectuals. Well, surely, but yes, but wait a minute. How could the how could the Messiah come from Galilee? You know, you got the you got the Pentecostals. They're like, oh yeah, the Spirit of God is in this place. This must be a prophet. This is a prophet of God. And the uh, the uh, intellectuals and the Reformed people are like, hmm, how can the Messiah be from Galilee? <laughs> Does not the Spirit say what Messiah will come from da come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus, the people were divided because of Jesus. It's still that way. People still divided because of Jesus. Someone deceives him, but no one laid a hand on him. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? Verse 46, no one has ever spoke the way he, this man does. The guards replied, man, even the guards would notice him. This guy's different. This dude's different. He built different. Verse 47, you mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees re retorted, have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Nicodemus. This week, I'm going to be talking about Nicodemus. We talk about Easter peeps in, at Bayside, some of the people influenced and impacted by the story of Jesus in the Bible, uh, the story of Easter. And uh, this week, actually, at Bayside, I'm going to be talking about Nicodemus. So it was interesting. It's awesome. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. You know what we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. It's time to pray. Hope God has spoken to your heart. Who knows how God applies his word? to our hearts. It's all, for each of us, it's different. Um, there may be something that, you know, that hit you that didn't hit someone else. Maybe it was the, the idea that you, you can't waver. Maybe some, some of us, it's the idea that we got to move away from worthless religion and have a, that vibrant relationship with God. Maybe it's, for some of us, it's that promise that God wants what's good for us, that he desires good for us. Uh, maybe it's a realization that within you, child of God, is the spring of living water that's flowing out, then you have access to that, the Spirit of God. Uh, who knows? But um, God's Holy Spirit applies and um, administers the Word to each of our hearts differently, exactly like we need it. So, man, we're open. We're open to that. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that inspired these sacred words and the writers who wrote them is the same Holy Spirit that now helps us interpret and the Holy Spirit that helps us to be uh, empowered by it and to apply it. And so, Holy Spirit, do your work in us. Uh, remove our sinful, stubborn inclinations towards sin and change them to those inclinations towards godliness and love and righteousness and justice and holiness. Lord, we desire to be your people today. 
We want it to be obvious in our attitudes and in our speech and our behavior that we have streams of living water whose source is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We want that to be obvious to others today, uh, even as we ourselves are personally refreshed and renewed by it. Lord, I pray your blessing upon my friends today, whatever they're facing. May you encourage them, strengthen them, bless them. Um, Just uh, move in their hearts today and apply your holy word in exactly the way they need it, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on today. Love you guys. Um, Hope this uh, podcast was a blessing to you. Hope this, the word of God, ministered to your heart uh, as it did to mine. Thank you for being a part of this awesome community of learning and growing and sharing together. Um, Always love to hear from you. So if you have anything you want to uh, let me know about, uh, feedback, what God's doing in your life, how I can be praying for you, whatever, comments about the podcast, Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com is the email address. Thank you for subscribing, liking, sharing, all those things that helps touch even more lives and uh, and get the word of God into the hearts of other people. So thank you so much for being part. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.